Well, we've been, uh, since our, our uh, vision night a couple of Sundays ago, we've been talking, <clears throat> or last Sunday we, we talked about and went into detail on, if you haven't been in, in if you weren't in vision night or you haven't been in any of these, you, you, this may not make total sense, but you'll be blessed anyway because there's a blessing on the Word of God. But last week we talked about the word engage, which is the first level of, of discipleship that, that we are, are casting this new year at Gates of the City and truly wanting you to understand what we're here for and what our part is and what we're here to accomplish. And, and last week we talked about engaging and engaging in, in our connection with people that we've been challenged since our vision night for everybody to, to leave the comforts of the 99 and find the one. And that revelation is something that I, that I believe, actually, the more I've taught on it, the more I hear other people teaching on it. I believe it's just kind of going through the body of Christ right now, the importance of, of, the, of an individual person. And, and you know, all three of the stories in, in Luke 15, all three of those stories don't make natural sense. It's not smart for a shepherd to leave 99 of his sheep and go look for one because the scripture says he left those 99 in the wilderness. Well, in the wilderness was wolves and all kinds of things, and, and yet he trusted God that those 99 were going to be taken care of, and he went after the one. And, and our challenge here at Gates is that we, for the first half of this year, that we be out not just looking for one, but going and finding. He didn't just look for the sheep, he found it. He went until he found the sheep. And, 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 and there's reason and purpose why we're after sheep. We're after lost sheep, people that are out there. And, and when I say sheep, you know, whether they're born again or not, they were created in the image of God and everybody. God said his desire is that all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? We want everybody to come into the kingdom. God does. And so we talked also uh, about, about two, two commands that are really the thread that have to flow through what we do. And that's the great commission and the great commandment. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the great commission is to go and make disciples. And I've made this statement and I just continue to remind you in this. That the scripture says that God is building his church, right? If we're in, if we're in church building to build, our, if I'm building my church, I'm wrong. I'm not here to build my church. We're here to be involved in what God is building. And his, our part, as we partner with God, our part is to make disciples. The Great Commission was to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and immerse them in the revelation of who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is. That's our job. Now listen to me. It's so much our job that God can't build His church without us. Now, we're, we're, we're going to define that today as we talk about level, our, our level number two, which is establish. 
We're talking today, the title of my message today is Establish. And, and what we're defining and what we're discussing is about establishing right relationships with people. Establishing right relationships. When you go after the one and you get a hold of one and you just bring one in and you just leave one to fend for themselves, it's kind of like, it's kind of like being impregnated with a child, giving birth to the child, and then letting the child fend for itself. Eventually, it will, it will die because it doesn't have the ability to grow. Your and my responsibility that is so vitally important is to make disciples, and that, that discipleship process begins with learning to develop relationship with people. And we've talked about all that, and I'm not going to go all back into to the details of that in what we've talked about in the last three weeks. But developing right relationships, establishing ourselves in right relationships, I believe is, is a key. And these, these first two levels of discipleship, if we don't do these first two, the other two don't matter. The other two don't matter because there's nobody, there's nobody to train and build foundation and establish certain areas of their lives if we don't establish right relationships and we don't purposely go after the one. Amen? Now, what I want to talk about, I want to build this little bit of this little short foundation today, and I think you're going to like this. But I'm going to make this statement to you that God needs you. God needs you. Let, 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 let's say it together three times, and I want you to say it like this. God needs me, okay? We're going to say it three times. Ready? Say it. God needs me. God needs me. God needs me. God needs me. But you know, when, when, you, when you first hear that, that, that seems like a lot of pressure. <laughs> you know? needs me. Oh, but he's God. God can do anything. Well, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about several scriptures through the years. I mean, I've had, I've, I've taught along this line, and man, I've had some people mad at me. People spitting on me as they're so mad. They can't even get the word out. They're so mad at me. It's some of the things that I've said along this line. Dr. Avanzini's been hammered over it through the years, the point I'm going to make here. A lot of men and women of God have been hammered over these truths. But it's all about, it's all about this thing that Jesus made this point about being in equality with God. And when you hear that, you know, people get real shaky with it because, because of what it sounds like. It sounds like that you're saying that you you are on the same plane as God is, or the same level as God. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night, and I don't know, I don't really know anybody that stupid, you know, to think that when you're talking about equality because you're repeating something that Jesus said and the Apostle Paul said, when you're talking about equality, that you're saying that you are equal with God in his deity. Come on. Come on. No one's, I don't know anybody that's ever said it like that. And, and I really 
hopefully none of us will be that dumb and that stupid is to think that that's what we're talking about here. But I'm going to say it to you today in a little bit different way, and I want to just go through a few verses of Scripture and kind of lay a foundation of this. I'm going to tell you again, God needs you. Okay? So let's look at Genesis 1. Let's look at Genesis 1 and verse 26. Genesis 1 and 26. We got that? Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Okay? So... God created us, and he did not create us in the animal kingdom, from the animal kingdom. He created us from his kingdom, from his likeness, his image. We see that in that scripture, right? That's defined. So, the same way that my daughter was created in the image of my wife and I, so you and I were created in the image of God. Amen? So, the difference in you and my daughter is she was created in our image and you weren't. Right? So there's a difference, and, and, and the comparison, don't get me wrong when I say this, the comparison is, she was created in, in my image and you weren't. We were created in his image and our dog wasn't. Right? I'm not comparing you to a dog in, in that comparison, I'm just saying, if you're created, you were created in the image of your parents, right? And so you have a right and a privilege that other people don't have, see? So we were created in that image. The second thing I want you to look at is found in the second chapter and in the 19th verse. Genesis 2 and 19. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. One translation says, he brought them to Adam and said, you name them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Okay, so you can say a lot about that, but my point is this. Right here, right here, God made a decision to partner with man. Right here. Right here, right here, he makes a decision to partner with man. Now, here are these animals, you know. And, 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 you know, I mean, I've thought about this. I've thought about this many times. You know, where, where did Adam get the understanding and the knowledge to name these animals? From God. Huh? He was created in his image, so he had God in him. So it was God through him that named the animals. Right? But it was him. I said, but it was him, right? Okay, so another thing. There's a verse of scripture in, this may not be right, but I think it's Acts, um, I think it's Acts 17. 
in the 20s somewhere, 24, 25, 26, somewhere. Acts 17, just go look at it. But in that verse it says that God doesn't need anything. Okay? Why? Because he's God. He doesn't need anything. But I'm saying, I'm telling you, based on scriptures that we're looking at and we're going to continue to look at, I'm telling you God needs you. And I'm going to go even a little bit farther that God can't do certain things without you. See, now, that scripture in Acts 17 says that God doesn't need anything. Well, God himself needs nothing because he is everything. But he set things up in the, in the earth, on the planet, a certain way where he made a decision in 219 to partner with man. Now, I want you to do this. This is what I want you to do. I don't want you to be waiting around. Man, if I hear another person talk about, you know, waiting on the next move of God on the planet, man, if I hear that again, I'm just going to like, I don't know. I mean, we've got to begin to see the importance of our part to create the move in His power. I mean, you, you know what a move of God is to me? That if you're out looking for one, and you find one, and then you dare to be kind to that person, and spend a little bit of time with them, and then all of a sudden you find out that they got all these issues in their life, and all of a sudden you have some answers because of the living word on the inside of you, and then you pray for them, and they get well, and then something good happens, that, that's that's revival it's a move of god all of a sudden things begin to be revived in the result of this one-on-one relationship and what if everybody's doing that wow whole town can be born again right okay so god needs you i didn't say i didn't say god can't exist without you but he set it up on planet earth in this dispensation of time to not be able to accomplish things. Without. Why, why do you think there's destruction and, and massive starvation and diseases? It's not because God's in control. You ever thought about that? I mean, I mean just be honest, okay? Do you think there's any sickness, disease, poverty, destruction, or anything in heaven? Zero. Nothing. And so God's in charge of the earth with destruction and all the things that are going on. God's in charge? I don't think so. But our religious minds can tell us things at times that say that God is in charge when actually there's no way God could be in charge. That's not his nature. His nature isn't to allow things like that or that's the way heaven would be. God needs you. Okay? Now I'm going to show you several places. Well, in fact, I, I, I'm going to tell you this. There's probably more, but I, I found in Scripture three things that God can't do. I found. Write these down. Number one, He can't change. Yeah. You know what? I found this out. <laughs> he can't lie. 
What I also found out was it didn't say he could, but he chose not to. He can't. He can't. He can't lie. He can't lie. If he said it, it's true. He can't lie, right? And then the third, (laughs) you're going to like this. The third thing I found is that God can't think. Now watch. The reason, the reason that God can't think is because for you to think creates reason, and God doesn't reason. You know why? Because he is. So everything is at the same time with God, and so there's no, there's no reasoning or there's no thinking. There's no new thoughts. See, every time you get something, I thought that was pretty good that he doesn't think. You know, I thought that was pretty good, but it came from somewhere. I didn't dream that up because there's no new thoughts. God doesn't have to think. He is. (laughs) When was the last time something dawned on you? I mean, it doesn't happen with God. Oh, you know what I just thought of? Nothing dawns on him because he is. So he can't think beyond, there's nothing higher for him to, there's no, there's no knowledge to enter in to change his thoughts or to create new ideas. Everything just is in him. Wow. Wow. Um, I don't think I gave you this scripture back there, so I'm going to have to look it up. But it's Psalm 115. Psalm 115 and verse 15. I just thought of this. <laughs> see, see, the reason we think is because your natural mind will tell you one thing, God will tell you something else. Absolutely. Come on. All right, look at verse 14, uh, or verse 15 in Psalm 115. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth, the earth, and, and, and he said earlier, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness. Cattle on a thousand hills. It's all his, okay? But he gave the earth to the children of men. He gave it to you. God needs you. For you to establish God-like, God-Christ-like relationships with other people and lead people to him... You've got to know what's been given to you. And the earth was given to you and I. So don't blame God and don't call things an act of God when ugly things happen on the planet because there's nothing bad in him. God's good. And he can't change and he can't lie and he doesn't think. Amen? Now look, 
look at this verse, Mark 6. Turn there, fifth verse in Mark 6. <clears throat> and, and to me, this just proves, this proves God needs you. Now, he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there because, except that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about in the villages in a circuit teaching. Jesus couldn't do some things because some people weren't believing. There was a limitation put on Jesus because those who the earth were given to weren't doing their part. They weren't healed because of unbelief. The children of Israel didn't enter into the promised land because God was mad at them. They didn't enter into the promised land because they didn't partner with Him. And you know how you and I partner, and part of what we're doing on Wednesday nights is laying foundation, the three areas that we talked about, about laying foundation in people's lives. That's what we're doing for the next few months on Wednesday night, is laying solid foundation that people know who they are, see? Because all that God promised the children of Israel in the wilderness, all they had to do is believe it, and they could have gone in. I mean, I mean, we're talking about an 11-day journey, and so what, what, what? Maybe it would have been six months. They had to learn some things, maybe a year, maybe two years. I'm telling you, the children of Israel didn't have to die. They chose to die. They didn't partner with God. They didn't believe his word. These people weren't healed here with Jesus because they didn't believe his word. Now, look over in the same book in, in, in Mark to the 16th chapter. 16th chapter and the, and the 15th verse, Mark 16. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who what? These signs will follow those who believe. It, does it say that they will create their own signs and wonders? No. It says that what we're fixing to say will happen if they believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. They will, they will lay hands on the sick. If they believe in what Jesus accomplished, they'll lay hands on the sick. They'll lay their hands, not God's hands, their hand. Their hand will be on the sick, and the sick will recover. Looks like a partnership to me. Right? Looks like, looks like a partnering. Not my power, not my strength, his strength, but me doing what he said. I'm partnering. I'm releasing this thing. God needs you. He needs your part. He needs you to grow up. He needs you as we're, as we're building on Wednesday night. He needs you to have a statement of faith established on the inside of you. He needs you to know why you're born again. He needs you to know 
what true repentance is about, and he needs you to know who the person of the Holy Ghost is and how the Holy Ghost works on the inside of you. Because if you know the Holy Ghost and you can hear the voice of God, and you're established in who you are, and you realize it's not in your strength and ability and power to be able to accomplish it, but it's in His, and you choose to do it, so you develop faith and consistency and and constancy in your life in staying with it so that you're in a position to be used by God when God needs you used. And when He needs you to find the one, there's that one and you, because you partnered with him and you, you're, you're established, you're after the one to just to see that that one gets established in the same things that you're established in. Not in the doctrine of gates of the city, because see, if gates of the city doctrine is different than the doctrine of the word of God, that's no good. And it's not, it's the same. Okay? But you got to know that, but it's, it's important that you know that you know who you are and what this statement of faith is on the inside of you that you can lead other people to the same place. See, because if we don't make disciples, he can't build his church. Or he would have said, look, I did it all. Just cruise from here on out. You know, just, you know, it's my will now for you to just vacation until heaven. I mean, if he's going to do that, see, listen, listen, I- I've come to the realization God can't do my part because he can't lie. And if my part is to make disciples, he can't do that. If it's my part to lay hands on the sick, he can't do that because he said for me to do it. And if it's my part to believe that I'm supposed to do this, then he can't do that. He's done everything he's going to do. So see, really, for something to happen in the earth, our part has to be first. And that goes without saying that his part was already first. See? Because in actuality, when I do my part, all, all my part releases what he's already accomplished. So I lay hands on the sick, and the sick recover. Well, I mean, Pastor, I've done that before, and just nothing happened. That's not your part. That's right. Hey, that's not your part. Lay hands on the sick, and the sick recover. Yeah, but it, no, that's not your part. That's his part. Hmm? One plants, one waters. Who brings the increase? God. See, he's already done it. So what we're partnering with... <laughs> Is a, fit, is a done deal. It's a finished organization. It's an organization that's already intact. It's all lined up. Wow. Wow. Come on. Matthew 16 and 19. We know this. And I will give you. God needs you. God's already given to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven in heaven? Like when you get to heaven? Uh, Yeah, but not there only. He's given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, 
And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever is bound in heaven, we've been given the keys to bind on earth because what we're binding is not just what comes to the top of our head. It's what he releases us to bind and to loose. But what has to be bound and loose is only what's already been bound and loosed in heaven. So we've got to be established in who we are. We've got to know what's right and what we can and we can't. Then we don't get, you know, saying all kinds of screwy things that never come to pass because God never told you and released you to do that. That's why we've got to know Him. We've got to be established in the foundations of who God is. And what He's established inside of us is what will help see established in someone else. That's all you do. You win the whole world one person at a time with everybody going after one. Yes? So, here's just, here's a couple of thoughts about my last example, okay? And it's, it's David and Goliath. And actually, it's really about David. And um, so, here is a story that most of us know. Everybody knows David and Goliath, right? And here's a story that most of us know. And here is a story, I believe, about the greatest partnership that there ever is in Scripture. Or, or there's not any greater partnership illustration than that of David and God against Goliath, against the enemy. Jesus defeated the devil. The devil is defeated. Amen? We're here on the earth in the authority of God to enforce what he defeated. That's the authority. We're in partnership with God. Only way you can enforce that is to know what is, you, what, where the enemy is defeated and what he was defeated of, which is everything. Anything that's bad, anything that is bad, he's been defeated of. Because all that was bad started out good. It just, got, it just, it, it just, it just happened. What happened was deception caused something to appear to be bad, but the devil never created bad because he he, he's never created anything. So anything that was bad started good. It was just perverted by the enemy, and it turned out bad. Think about that. So here's the story of David. So Goliath keeps coming day after day after day and tells Saul to choose a man. But there's no man in Israel. You, know, you kind of look at the situation. It's a bunch of spineless wonders, you know. No. The guy was, I don't know, some records, 8 feet tall, 10 feet tall, 11 feet tall. I mean, the guy's a big dude, you know, got a bunch of big armor, and he's, he's very intimidating, and all, the, all these big warrior guys were afraid. See, because he said, pick one man to face me. What there wasn't in all of Israel was a man with a heart after God. So you have to be established in your heart with who God is. And there wasn't one man. So God chose a boy <laughs> and made him a man. So see what he's doing with us. He looks at you, and where you're not strong in a certain area, he's choosing you in, in a boy, you know, in a, in a childish state, and he's raising you up to be who God created you to be. And what happened was, what happened is, when it was all said and done, 
David grabbed five smooth stones. Didn't want any rough edges. Smooth stones. Some people said Goliath had four brothers, you know. I think David just a smart dude and thought, you know, I could miss. I've got a second shot. You know, I mean, I mean, we, we can create a, a faith world out of that thing, you know. But he was what? No, I mean, it was like, I mean, you know, he was probably sweating the back of his neck. I mean, thinking, oh, my God, you know. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't everything that the stories and the movies have made it into being, you know. He was really nervous. If you've ever been in a situation against the enemy, there's nervousness that's involved in what's going on, but he had a heart after God. The point is, okay, his part was to get the stones, take the sling, and whirl that stone at that giant. How many guys ever had a slingshot when you are young? How many ever hit somebody in the head with a rock? How many, it penetrated their brain and dropped them? Now, don't, 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 don't raise your hand and tell me that happened. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. In the best slingshot that there is, it is not going to happen. Right? What happened was, David did his part. Hmm? And the supernatural came on his stone And tumbled that boy with one shot. See, when we see our role of partnering with God, what can happen? See, I'm, I, I, laid a, I, I laid a foundation here, but what we're talking about is the one. In fact, go to Luke. I'm going to end this with this. Go to uh, Luke 15, our story. And here, here's the thing that we've got to see. All the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. So, something, for some reason, the sinners and the tax collectors, the thieves, were drawn to him. That ticked off the religious people. I'm telling you today, there ought to be something on the inside of you because of you doing your part that people are drawn to. Now, I'm not putting some heavy thing on you that that's got to happen. I'm saying this. There is something amazing when someone wants what you have. Something amazing happens on the inside of you. I mean, you know, if Dale left here today and God led him to Starbucks to just sit at Starbucks this afternoon and some guy comes and sits at his table and Dale's, Dale's there with him for four hours. You know, then he has got us to work on Isabel. Where you been, Dale, for four hours? You know, no, I'm just, <clears throat> but, but he's sitting there for four hours and, you know, and he's talking to a guy and guy has a deadly disease in his body. I, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just using as an example. And Dale heard the word today, and he said, you know, can I pray for you? And all of a sudden, what kicks into Dale is that he, all he's doing is his part. And the guy says, man, I, I've been searching for somebody to pray for me. And Dale lays hands on him, and three days later, the guy comes, and he's running all over town trying to find Dale, and he finds Dale, 
and he tells Dale, I went back to the doctor and I have no cancer or whatever it is. I'm, I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying. See, because, because some of you are thinking, well, but that's an extreme. See, see, it's your belief that keeps God from being able to do what God wants to do for the person when God already did for the person, but now he needs you to believe. He needs you to believe and then you to lay hands and then you to be a friend. What will happen? You say, well, you know, I, I, I've done that. Get rid of the past. Forgetting one thing. Forget the past. Let's press into the future. Let's start doing this now. Amen? Gates of the city, we're going to another level in connection with people and establishing right relationships with these people so that they want to come into the kingdom of God and want to be a part of the church and that they can be a part of something that is affecting the lives of people. That's what is, God is building today, but he's only doing it with people that have been discipled. And discipleship starts with you getting out of your comfort zone, your 99 comfort zone. We just defined the 99 is the, the comfort zone inside the church. But you got to get up out of your lazy boy, amen, and be willing to step out. And you say, yeah, but I, I, I'm so nervous. Just go find somebody to say hi to and just see what happens. Hi. You know? Uh, go somewhere and somebody's in front of you, you're, you're at Subway and somebody's in front of you at Subway, you know, and, uh, hey, can I, I don't know why, I just want to buy your sandwich. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, but the person will probably follow you out. Who are you? Wait, 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 you know, I, you, you, listen, all you got to do is just be creative because you hear God. Just, just hear him. It's not a big deal. <laughs> this isn't a big deal. It's not rocket science. No. You realize Adam had no education, no university, no nothing when he named those animals. That's probably why, you know, Adam came up with rhinoceros. <laughs> you know, not big animal in water, you know. I don't know, <laughs> you know, he came up with that name, it was, that was Adam's deal, it wasn't God, it was Adam, but it was God in him, so, you know, probably they all lined up the way they were supposed to, but maybe not, maybe there was a few that he just kind of got off the top, anyway, I don't know. You see, it doesn't take rocket science to love people, and I'm telling you, if you're afraid to talk to people, You've got to destroy that fear by just taking a step. I'm not, I didn't say preach to people. See, Romans 4.2 says, the kindness of God through you leads a man to repentance. Paul said, I become all things to all people that I can win some. You've got to practice how to become to certain people. You've got to practice how to do that. I was at a Starbucks the other day, and this woman was at the counter, and she was F-wording, the, 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 the girl making the coffees, I mean, it was nonstop. And she was, she was, I mean, abusing this woman. I mean, literally abusing this woman. And, I mean, a whole bunch of people standing around and just yelling and screaming at her because, you know, the girl had made the right coffee, 
But she was screaming at her because she didn't make her the right coffee. And she's a Native American. And how can you treat a Native American like this? And I thought, Native American? I'm a Native Christian. Amen? I'm part of the kingdom. There's only two races of people in the earth. And actually, those two were created to be one. Right. It's the saved and the unsaved. That's it. That's all the Bible talks about, people that are saved and those that aren't. All the New Testament talks about is saved people and unsaved people, right? There's only two races of people. No matter what the color of our skin, where we were born or anything else, we're just a bunch of buckets of dirt and a bunch of water mixed together. And so if you're created in an area where it's darker or lighter, whatever, it's dirt, right? Nobody's special. We're all created in the image of God, all of us. And to see the kingdom of God come to a place where people want to be a part of it. That's our responsibility. We're here. We're going to do it. You want to be a part of a place that is growing and expanding and connecting the church with community? Stay here. Be a part of this. Because I'm telling you, we are connecting in every way possible with our community so that people can know the God we're talking about today. Amen? And to know and understand this partnership that is so amazingly real. I mean, it is so real. God needs me. You. He needs us. He made that decision. Gosh. He made the decision. Father, we thank you today. Man. We so thank you today for choosing us. You chose us. Before we even were, you chose us. But Lord, there's a whole, there's a whole generation of people in the earth that you chose and they don't even know it yet. And Lord, use us, send us. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your empowerment. Lord, we'll use it. We'll do with it what you intend for us to do with it and just accomplish what you put us on this planet. Lord, the longer I go, the simpler I realize this whole thing is. You just want us to get people, develop right relationships, and just in every way train them so that they think like you. That's it. Not think like us, not think like the government, not think like this person or that, but that we as humanity would think like you. Today, Lord, we just honor you. And we praise you and we give you all glory as a result of this today. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen.